I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm excited to tell you that my second book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, The Ultimate Guide to Following Your Purpose and Creating Change in the World, is out now and you can order it globally on Amazon. If you're feeling the call to help make the world a better place, but you don't know where to start finding and following your life purpose, I wrote this book for you. It is packed with processes, rituals, and meditations to help you turn on your light and get it to work so that together we create a better world. 
When you order the book, you also get a two-hour live masterclass with me entitled Life Purpose Bootcamp, during which you'll get to find and define your life purpose in a specific two-paragraph definition. And you can visit georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork to get all the details. In today's episode, we're talking about discovering your dharma, which is another term for life purpose. You know, I've been obsessed with studying about the concept of life purpose ever since I can remember. My journey has led me to teach life purpose workshops and courses to help people hone in on their life purpose in my one-on-one life purpose deep dive sessions and publish my number one best-selling book, Lightworkers Gotta Work. And still, my search for further clarity continues. I've read countless books about life's purpose over the years, but few have managed to captivate or teach me something new. And this was not the case with Sahara Rosa's new book, Discover Your Dharma. Sahara's teachings on the concept of dharma are revolutionary. Through stories, frameworks, and practical processes, she lays out a step-by-step path to finding your purpose and overcoming the limiting beliefs that keep you from following it. Rather than dictating the right way to go about following your purpose, she also offers multiple viable approaches that cater to a diversity of character and personality. So specifically in this interview, you're going to learn the four types of dharma and which one is yours, what is your dharma archetype, you're going to learn about the relationship between the doshas and dharma, how to overcome blocks on the way to following your life purpose, and how your daily kriya and karma influence your purpose. When you're done listening, be sure to come in your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let me know, what is your dharma? Have you discovered it? Have you learned something new as a result of this interview? I can't wait to hear from you. And without further ado, enjoy this episode with Sahara Rose. Sahara Rose is an ancient soul in a modern body. She has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra, who wrote the foreword of her books. She's the best-selling author of Eat, Feel, Fresh, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, A Yogic Path, and Discover Your Dharma. She also holds the Highest Self podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes, and is the founder of Rose Gold Goddesses. She's here to remind you of your purpose so you can embody your sacred mission on this planet. Sahara, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Mm, it's such an honor to be here. I'm, I'm already so excited for this conversation. I feel like when two lightworkers go deep, it, it's always magical. Yes. I'm so excited when your book came into my hands. Well, electronically at least, because it's not out yet uh, by the time of this recording, because I also write and research around about the life purpose. My book, Life Work Has Got to Work, was all about that. Recently, I also interviewed Melissa Ambrosini, who also wrote a book about purpose. So it looks like this is the time for light workers to discover their, their purpose, to show up for themselves and for the world. And I love the perspective that you bring into the whole life purpose um, content and uh, like the, the, the arena. So let's talk about the way you define life purpose. So you talk about the Dharma. So what is Dharma for people who don't know what it is, who don't understand this Vedic perspective of it? And do we all have one? Mm. Yeah, it's so beautiful because right now we're in such a time of career transition, you know, the biggest, the biggest in our modern history. And 
while on the outside, it could look really tragic. And I completely understand that my husband works in the music industry and it's all shut down and there's an opportunity. And that opportunity is how can I create a life that's more in alignment with my truth? So for me, this concept of Dharma really came to me because I had these things I was interested in, but I wasn't sure how it would become, you know, my life's work. I had never really seen anyone do this. And my own journey of different health problems brought me to Ayurveda, Ayurveda being the world's oldest health system and the sister science of yoga based on the mind-body connection. So I began to research Ayurveda for my own physical health, digestion, hormonal health, all of these physical problems that I had. And then it shifted me, you know, as we know what happens when you enter into anything, whether it's yoga, Reiki, et cetera, you all end up at the same place of really asking, well, what's the purpose of health? And the purpose of health is so you could radiate at your fullest expression. So this began my journey to be in researching deeper into Ayurveda and these doshas, these energy types, and how it's actually related to your gifts, your strengths, why you actually chose them as a soul, because it's the unique archetypes you need to embody this purpose. And that brought me to the concept of Dharma. So the word Dharma has over 16 different definitions, but the one that we'll be rolling with is your soul's purpose. It's the big reason why you're here. It is your fullest frequency. It is you at your utmost potential. So I think of it more as a mission statement. Mm. I'm here to be a bridge for the new paradigm, or I'm here to create beauty, or I'm here to understand the world in a deep way. Whereas your career roles, jobs, et cetera, would all be the services of that company. So it's not who you are, but rather it's a way that it can manifest. Now, for some of us, we may play many different roles in our lifetime, but they could still be bridged under the same dharma. So for example, let's say your dharma is to make the world a more beautiful place. So you may be a graphic designer, interior designer, stylist, wedding planner, florist, and you may be kicking yourself of, I must not have a purpose. I keep changing my mind, but actually the dharma is the same. You're doing so in all of these different expressions. So the dharma is the red thread that connects who you are, your strengths, your talents, But here's the thing, just because you were born with a Dharma does not necessarily mean you're going to embody it in this lifetime. Mm. So a lot of people think, oh, if I have a purpose, then why isn't it happening for me? I'm just going to sit back and wait. And you were born with that purpose. You also agreed to a temporary amnesia. When your soul came to this planet, it agreed to forget Because in that process of forgetting, you have to go through the journey of remembering again. And I can see you're like, yes, yes, yes. But that's when you go through the unique obstacles that your soul needs to give you the strength, the courage, the embodiment to actually live that dharma. So you were born with it and your soul had to go through a unique curriculum on this earth school to get to the point that you are the living embodiment of this dharma. Oh my God, I love your distinction specifically around career and how our life purpose, our dharma, could not be limited to just one thing, but it could be like a selection of, of, of activities, of interests that we have that help us fulfill our life purpose. Right before this interview, I had my singing class. I know you're passionate about dancing and you've been doing this for so long and I have the same passion around singing. And today I started thinking around okay, how is singing related to my life purpose? And then I'm thinking back on my life, all my interests, everything I've studied, my geography degree, my my passion in singing. I did some ballet as well 
like all my creative passions have all contributed to me doing this work right now through the spiritual expression that I bring out into the world. You are sharing your dancing on social media with, with regards to like, and connecting it to like spiritual concepts in your TikToks. I'm doing the same right now with singing. So it's so empowering and liberating to know that everything we've been through, everything we've learned, all our interests are not actually distracting us from our life purpose. They're directing us there. Now, you talk about the four types of dharma, which I found it was a very unique way to approach soul purpose. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So what I realized was a lot of people, when you would begin to talk about Dharma, it felt like such a huge question, like my life's purpose, how am I going to figure that out? And because it's such a huge question, a lot of us, we ask and we don't hear the answer. So we give up. It feels so colossal. So what I realized is that oftentimes in our mainstream media, we celebrate the same types of purpose. You know, the person like Justin Bieber, he was just born with a great voice and he was on YouTube and he's a star. Like, so if you don't have something like that, you might think, oh, I must not have a purpose. I don't have this like over the top gift. So I realized that there are so many different types of purpose and I broke them down into the four categories. Now, the first one is you were born with a gift and, and you know it, it's an obvious part of your purpose. So for example, people who are born with good voices, I was not, but people who are born with good vo voices all love to sing. I don't love to sing because yeah. I didn't get that same feedback. I would sing and people were like, oh, can you stop? So I didn't want to keep going that direction. But if you were a good singer, you love to sing because you were getting that feedback. And you were actually, when I would believe when you were a soul, chose that to be part of your gifts that, you know, you're here on this podcast, you're sharing your voice. Like these things are all related. You're a throat chakra person. So that one type is, you know, your gift and you share it with the world. Now, again, that does not mean you're necessarily going to do it. I think we could agree some of the world's best singers are completely in the closet, not sharing their voice. Mm. You know, maybe when they were kids, they tried and then they were in a high school band and they gave up and they might say, oh, don't follow your purpose. That doesn't exist. So just because you were born with that gift does not mean you have don't have to cultivate practice. You know, Adele was born with a gift and years and years and years of practice and showing up and being courageous for her to now be who she is. And again, some soul plans are to be very well-known and famous for that gift and some are not. So it doesn't mean like, if you're a good singer, you should become Adele. Like some people, they might use that voice in sound healing or some sort of different way. But this version of the gift is like, I know I'm really good at this thing, but I'm not using it. Now, the second version is the breakdown breakthrough. And that's what a lot of, you know, motivational speakers, authors, self-help people went through. So they had their like on the knees moment where they weren't sure if they were going to make it. And that's when something shifted within them. So for example, Eckhart Tolle, he writes about how he was nearly suicidal when he realized that the power of one and that we're all the power of now and that we're all connected. So he had to get to that breakdown moment for him to make that shift. That's part of his dharma for myself going through the health issues. I needed to get there to shift directions. So we often see this and then the other side is some people think, well, if I don't have a huge life-defining moment like this, then I must not have a purpose, or my life was pretty normal, or nothing important happened to me. So not everyone is going to have this life-defining moment, but sometimes it can happen 
for you wanting to help someone else overcome an obstacle, like a parent experiencing cancer or a friend going through depression. And even though it was not you experiencing it, you had the first glance of seeing what that obstacle could look like and you wanted to solve it. So this brings us into the third type. And that is you see someone else has an obstacle and you want to solve it. So it could be anything from a health issue to maybe your friends just come to you for like style like help. And you would find so much joy in, in dressing them and making them feel good about themselves. And later on you create the next like queer eye for the straight guy, you know, like that yeah. comes from solving an obstacle yeah. for someone else. And then the last one is you had a personal obstacle that you overcame and then realized other people need the same help. So for example, there was this girl who she had, she had really bad social anxiety. She couldn't really be able to read social cues. She wasn't able to really be in conversation. So she started to create these um, flashcards for herself. Like, okay, this means they're confused. This means they're smiling. This means this, just to train herself. And her friends were like, this is really helpful. Can you put this on a blog? So she put it on a blog. And then her blog began to get more and more readers of other people like, wow, I also have that exact same issue. And then she later went on to write books and create courses, et cetera, for people with social anxiety. So these four ways help us see that it's not just one way to get to your dharma. There are many, many different paths, which I then break down into these three pathways, which are the leap. Knowing this, you might take a leap and just go for it. Like, for example, people who just sell all their belongings and move to their van and are like, I'm going to make it. That's the leap. Or you may take the transition. So the transition is you might have, you know, a full-time job or something it is that you're doing, but you're, you're, you know that this isn't right for you, but you're not sure what's next. So maybe you begin to take courses, you begin to intern or take side jobs, et cetera, and then get to a comfortable enough space that you can, you know, sustain yourself off of this Dharma and then switch into that. And then the third way is the accidental Dharma discovery. That's when you're not looking for your Dharma, it just finds you. So for example, my friend's uncle was an engineer. He was an engineer his whole life in his fifties, never really asked himself, what's my purpose? And the HR team in the corporation that he worked at said that everyone needed to take an extracurricular. So he was like, okay, randomly chose pottery. And again, there's no coincidences. So he chose pottery. He got on that wheel and he's like, this feels so amazing. I love feeling the dirt between my fingers. This feels so good. I want to do this every day. So he began to go every single day on his lunch break and then after, and then before and then before he knew it, he was a full-time potter. And that's what he does now. He makes pots, bowls, cups, everything you could need. He's no longer an engineer. So that just shows that sometimes your dharma can find you without you seeking it. Now, he could have just as easily said, oh, this pottery is really fun, but I don't have time for this. I have so much work. I, I can't do this. And that dharma may have been tap, tap, tapping on his on his shoulder, and he could not have listened. So I think all of us have these accidents awaiting for us, but we're choosing to ignore them. So which ones do you think that you're most mostly related to? I am definitely the transitional one when it comes to transitioning, because and I was actually thinking like thinking about what you would, what you were just saying. And so many spiritual teachers, they just choose one of those three ways, and they just mm -hmm. solely focus on that, and they just tell people, oh, just take the leap. And and the angels will come in and support you. Other people are like, no, make a plan, 
don't just do it. Other people are like, well, if you don't know your life purpose, if it doesn't, if it hasn't come and find you yet, then you probably don't have one. So I, I love that you bring them together so beautifully. For me, it was definitely the transitional one. I worked a full-time job in London. I worked for Hay House while also building my business part-time because that made me feel safe. And then at the point where I felt like, you know what, the only thing stopping me from moving forward with my purpose right now is time because I have this full-time job and that's preventing me from growing that's when I quit and I was able to make the transition but I've seen people do the leap or just accidentally come onto their life purpose and that's equally fascinating and interesting yeah and I think it really depends on what type of person you are so a question that I ask in the book is if if you were to write a book how would you do it would you drop everything and just go into writing this book and nonstop and like be in a vortex of you in this book would you wake up an hour earlier every day, work on on the weekends, like create a schedule, or would you just kind of wait to feel inspired? So which one would it be for you? That's the second one. Like with exactly. my book, with Lightwork has got to work. I wrote a page every single day. That was my approach. I'm like, I don't want to do more. I don't like the overwhelmment a little bit every single day. And then within six months, I have the book. <laughs> Whereas other people are like, I'm just going to close myself up in the room. I'm just going to write, write, write. <laughs> yeah, It works. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's totally. And this is why it's so important to know, you know, our, our doshas, our archetypes, because that's how you, you know, you would show up best, not having that pressure. So people who the transition is really good for are ones who can get really overwhelmed by this feeling of like, this is my make or break. If I don't do this, then I'm going to fail. In fact, that would take their energy away from living their dharma. If you quit your job when you hadn't even started this podcast, started your business, and you're like, I'm going to make it as a spiritual teacher, like you probably would have had to make decisions that were not in alignment, probably would have had to like bring all these weird sponsors on brought to you by McDonald's, you know, like whatever you could have done just to, just to make it. But the fact that you were able to sustain yourself and then really create something authentic for you allowed you to transition to it into a way that was an integrity. Now, I would say the transition is the hardest type. Mm. The reason why it's the hardest is because it takes a lot of willpower. Yeah. When you when you don't have this burning need to make it happen, it's up to you. And that's the thing. A lot of people say, "Oh, I want to do the transition," but it's like, "Well, are you showing up to write the page every day? Are you continuing to educate yourself or get those clients or whatever else it is?" So some people need the leap because if they aren't in this risky situation, they won't do anything. Whereas the other people that will stress them out. And then on the topic of accidental Dharma, it's something that we all have, but are you listening to it? Hmm. So sometimes the universe, you know, knocks you off your path and is like, this is what you go to a breathwork class. And you're like, this is my thing. I need to do breathwork. But how many things have we had that experience with and still done nothing with? Like, I really should be doing breathwork more, but again, Another thing I don't have time to do. What if you followed that? That's why I always say excitement are the breadcrumbs to your dharma. What are the things that you're excited about? Because excitement is energy. It's, It's prana energy that's moving you towards something. And it's essentially fuel that's propelling you to get past those obstacles. So for people who are like, I don't even know where to start, I would say make a list of everything you're excited about. And these things can feel totally random. Like I'm excited about, you know, apps and healing and massage and, you know, clean water, like all these things that you're like, how is that ever going to be interconnected? So write that huge list. Maybe there's a hundred things you're excited about and then break it down into three categories. 
you know, maybe there's a healing category, maybe there's a technology category, maybe there's a human connection category. And then you can think, okay, how can I bring these three categories together? Technology, healing, human connection, or environmentalism, poetry, herbal healing, or whatever else it is. And then you realize it's not that far off, but actually these are mediums that can help each other. Yes. And, um, this is where in the book you talk about Kriya and having the daily spiritual practice. And actually you've mentioned this a lot. So uh, like in, in this podcast so far, how it's important to do the work to bring our life purpose into creation because our life purpose may be everywhere. Our Dharma may be, may be everywhere around us. Our guides are literally screaming in our heads, but we're just ignoring it. And I remember when I was at university in the UK, in Bristol, I was I was going along with what students did at the time, just going out every single weekend, getting drunk. And then every single weekend, I would hear my angels, my guides tell me, you got to quit drinking and just stick to your spiritual practice. And I kept ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it and saying, oh, I'll, I'll start on Monday. I'll start on Monday. I'll quit next week. Until one day I got so drunk, I stepped into a hair straightening iron barefoot. <laughs> I burnt my foot. I still went clapping because I was so drunk not to go. The following morning, I had a huge blister in my, in my foot that left me limping for a month. It got, it got me, um, got, got, got my, my foot infected. And that's when I stopped drinking wine. <laughs> and I was See, like, that's a great example of that. listening to you angels now. Yes, I love that. So that's such a great example of Kriya versus Karma. Yes. So, so we were all born with this Dharma, but again, the universe is going to respond to us by allowing us to feel flow or to feel stagnation, pain, mm. even setbacks. So we were all born on this highway, right? And this highway is bringing us towards our Dharma. It's our fullest expression, but it's the end of the highway and no one's ever been there, including us. So we're trusting that I'm just going to keep going and keep going. But then we see all these exits off the highway and these exits are, you know what, you'll make more money doing this or well, everyone from college is doing that. Or your parents are only going to be proud of you if you do this, or you're crazy. Everyone's failed trying to do that. And it's all of these exits and you see everyone, you know, and everyone around you getting off at these exits. And then you're the only one going straight. And people are saying, what? The Dharma place doesn't even exist. You're crazy. That was like Santa Claus. You, you aren't supposed to keep believing in that. They just tell you that as a kid. Then you get up and you realize you don't have a dream to follow. So you're like, oh shit, have I been, have I been, you know, sipping the Kool-Aid and there's no Dharma. So you get off on one of these, on, on one of these exits and the universe needs to respond in whatever language it can. So yes. it responds first with the tap, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. And that's when you feel anxious. I really don't want to go to work tomorrow. You know, you're just like getting into these weird situations. Like something is really feeling off. It's feeling just a begrudging feeling. And then most of us think, oh, life's tough. Get a helmet keep going, you know, be, be strong, have grit, you know? So we keep, we keep going in that same exact direction off the, off the exit away from our Dharma. And then the universe responds, punch, punch, punch. You might be having panic attacks, depression, really, really difficult situations in what it is that you're doing. And then again, most of us choose not to listen. We think, oh, I got to just get more drunk to get through this. Got to take take enough antidepressants, take enough this, take enough that just to get through this. So then you keep going in that same direction. So you, the universe whispering, your angels whispering, hey, you need to, you need to focus on your spiritual path. 
and then you're getting into, I bet you before you'll, you can share, you were probably feeling anxious, probably feeling these friends are not serving me. These practices are not serving me, but then it has to eventually get to a point that you'll listen. So for you is stepping on the hair straightener for other people. It's a collision for other people. It's a full on breakdown or even suicidal ideation. Each person is going to have their unique rock bottom that it takes for them to listen. So from that place, then you can choose, okay, am I going to keep going on this path that is clearly being blocked for, for me? Or am I going to make a U-turn and go, go back to who I was before all of this? Yeah. And again, not everyone makes that U-turn. Not everyone makes a shift. Some people live in breakdown after breakdown after breakdown, and they think that's just what life is. So for you, when you share that experience of stepping on the hair straightener, and then you got the blister, which turned into the infection, that was probably, and I'm sure you realize this in yourself, but, but your guides knowing you'd go back to the way that you would have been. So it needed to sustain the pain for even longer, literally prevent you from walking forward for as long as it would take until (laughs) you had no choice, but to to pick up the spiritual practice. It's like, yo, does this guy need to go in a wheelchair? Like, what do we need to do? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> the signs will get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until we don't have a choice but notice and that's what i love about the universe but at the same time we don't need to wait for hair straightening iron to give us an infection exactly. for us to follow our dharma right exactly now, and that's the thing that we get to learn too is like do i want to learn through pain do i want to learn through breakdown after breakdown or do i want to be able to get more adept and like feel the way the wind is going and then feel, okay, this is feeling a little bit contractive. This is feeling a little bit off. So I always like to think for people who are like, how do I know this? Like, how do I actually feel what my intuition says? Like, I don't even know what that feels like. I like to think of the energy physically of expansion and contractive. So expansion is like openness. It's space. It's, it's bringing you forward. So for you, George, what does expansive feel like for you physically in your body? It feels ease and it feels like flow and effortlessness. Mm. And what things do you do in your day and your work that make you feel like that? Gosh, my rituals every single morning in my altar right there, when I sit there and I connect to the gods and goddesses I'm working with, it just gets me into that flow. And then I'm unstoppable. I love that. I'm sure this podcast makes you feel that way. Working with, you know, your clients or creating video content, all of these things are anchoring you back into that. This, this feels right. This feels like I'm at an altar, the altar of life. Yes. 100%. Now, what does contractive feel like for you? Oh gosh, accounting. (laughs) Having to do my bookkeeping every single day. It's the time of the year right now for it. Like anything that's not related to spirituality. Well, not everything, but all the boring stuff, 
that I'm forced to do, that society expects me to do, usually create this feeling of contraction within me. Mm. And then what does that feel like for you physically? Like what happens to your body? Mm. It feels constrictive. It feels like suffocating. It feels um, like it's smothering me. Mm. I love that. So so this is your unique compass of mm. when you're doing something and you can feel that smothering, contractive feeling, you know that's not in alignment with your dharma. And when you're doing something, you feel that expansive energy, you know it is. So that's your unique compass. So mm. oftentimes we mentally try to tell ourselves like, oh, I really love doing this, but your body's like, Rah! you know? So it's like, tune in. The body doesn't lie. What is the body saying? Now, as you move further along your dharma, you're able to surround yourself by more of those things that make you expansive. So for example, at the beginning, you probably have to do a lot of the things that make you feel contractive because, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, you need to wear a lot of different hats. You need to figure out your uploading. You need to figure out the tech. You need to figure out the back end, et cetera. But as you continue on your dharma, you begin to realize that someone else's dharma is to do those things. They actually yes. like doing it. Like there are some people who are like, show me the back end of your website. Like that turns me on. And there are some people who are like, I love numbers. I feel safe with them. So as you can expand on your dharma and bring other people around you, create support financially, team-wise, et cetera, then you can actually have people step into their dharma, which are doing the things that you don't love to do. And then you realize less and less of your time needs to be spent going there. Now, this doesn't mean that we're going to create a world where we never do anything we don't love. But we can try to set up our lives to try to prevent that as much as possible. And if we know, you know, every year around tax season, I'm going to, I'm going to feel that contractive feeling, right? So how can I create more expansiveness around that? How can I make sure I like double up on my rituals then? And I, you know, spend an extra hour meditating or doing all of these things. So then that contractive feeling is, is less somatic in your body. You, you let, you feel less stuck because it's so surrounded by spaciousness and then finding the gratitude for if it wasn't for that, you couldn't be into the expansive energy. I know for a lot of people who are especially spiritual are like, I want to put my voice out there, but I don't know how to do all this tech stuff. I don't know how to, you know, create a podcast and get this stuff off the ground. And I'm overwhelmed by it. But for me, I would keep thinking if I can figure this out, then I can do what I really, really love. So that actually made the researching of it feel expansive because it was for a purpose. Whereas if I was doing it for no reason at all, then it would feel even more contractive. So that's the beauty of living in your dharma, even things that you may not have wanted to do before, because you feel so alive, you feel so inspired by where it's taking you. It actually feels like Kriya. Yeah, so it's essentially having the big picture in mind that's going to drive you forward, being grateful for knowing that what your dharma is and taking the action steps towards it. And at the same time, matching up our kriya to our level of stress or constru construction or const constriction within us to support us mm -hmm. as we take those action steps. Now, we're in this highway and there are all these exits. In your experience with working with people, what are the top obstacles that keep us from staying in this highway? Mm, so, you know, I've, I've interviewed thousands of people and I myself have gone through this experience. So the number one thing is confusion, 
this idea of I'm confused. I have too many ideas. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to focus on. I'm afraid I'll choose the wrong thing. And if I choose the wrong thing that I'm going to be stuck living a different life that I didn't really want. So I don't want to take any action until I have it all figured out. And then once I have it all figured out, then I will take the action. Mm. And the thing is life doesn't come with an instructional manual. We're so used to in school here, here are the instructions. Follow this. You play a board game, follow, follow step one to five and you can win the board game. So then when we are stepping into our purposes and that doesn't exist, we want this like 30 day money back guarantee and that doesn't exist for your Dharma. So oftentimes we label ourselves as confused. My parents would always say, you're so confused because I was like, I want to start a skincare company. I want to go to Ecuador and study shamanism. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're like, you are so confused. You don't know what you want. You're lost. You're a seeker. And they would label me. And then I would, I would start to label myself these same things. So I actually believe there's no such thing as confusion. Mm. No such thing as confusion because confusion is the result of evaluating your truth. And in fact, if you're confused, it's a great thing because confusion is a much higher vibration than apathy. Most people are not confused because they're not asking questions. Mm. Your brain's not even working. They're just accepting. The fact that you're quote unquote confused means you are evaluating what potential outcomes are out there for me. What potential roles, dharmas, visions. So your wheels are spinning. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's actually what needs to come right before excitement. So if we don't go through that process of, of trying to figure out what it is that we want to do, we're never just going to get there per se. So realizing that you can only get to clarity through confusion and that if you are confused, you're exactly where you need to be. Have you ever felt confused? Yeah, it makes so much sense now that you say that it's about shifting our perception around confusion. So we're more inquisitive about the choices that are available to us and really just exploring our choices. I love what uh, Marie Forleo says around, says around that, which is clarity comes with engagement. So you have all mm-hmm. these choices making you feel confused, engage, get clarity, whether you like it or not, and then move on to the next one, pivot or just stay along, uh, along the same path. Now, when exactly. it comes to the to following our, our dharma and taking action steps forward, what would you say is your number one tip, the number one action step or, or, or tool or process that you can give my listeners to taking action towards it? Mm, so I believe that action naturally arises with passion. You know, so I, I break down the process of, of bringing your dharma to to action through the chakra system. I don't know you guys have done podcasts on on the chakras before, but essentially the chakras are the seven energy meridians that are in your being and they represent psychosomatic states. So an idea is not unique to you. Here's the thing. An idea doesn't come from you. It comes through you. And an idea chooses the people who are the right vessels to bring it to reality. Big magic. So exactly. So if an idea comes to you, it has seen you are an ideal person that can make it happen. Now, this doesn't mean that every single idea that comes to you, you got to do, but it's to know, okay, for example, I'm not dreaming up like new surgical ideas. I'm not dreaming up new like architecture ideas because that's not my dharma. I'm not right, but a surgeon is, but an architect is because that's right for them. So 
the idea arises to you from the crown chakra. It lands on you from the Akasha, the, the realm of all possibilities. And then from that landing on you, you begin to ideate it. Okay, what could this look like? What could this feel like? What would the branding look like? How would it show up? And this is all through your third eye. So for example, let's say you want to create a CBD chocolate company. Then you begin to think, okay, what, what could the colors look like? What would the branding, what would it be called? What herbs would we use? You begin to think about it. And then you begin to speak it. Maybe you share it with friends. Maybe you write a business plan. Maybe you write it on a piece of paper. And this is all through your throat chakra. You're giving this idea to form. From that place of the throat chakra of speaking it, writing it, creating a plan, you begin to feel the passion for it, the heart. And that passion is, wow, imagine the people who are in chronic pain who could have this chocolate and the impact it would have on them. Imagine, you know, the children who don't have to eat sugar and processed food anymore. And you begin to really feel this love and this passion. And this is the igniting of the flame, because when you feel so passionate about something, you can't help but do it. So oftentimes we're like, I just want to take action on my Dharma, but has it gone through this process first? So the action is the solar plexus. That is the, okay, get shit done. Like, you know, handle things like a boss. Here's where it doesn't feel so glamorous anymore. You're, you're in the doing, you're in the manufacturing, you're in the writing of the blog post, you're in the actual creation. And this solar plexus is when it transforms. It's when it digests, taking something that doesn't exist and bringing it into physical reality. So this is the real process of doing. And here's what I see oftentimes in the spiritual community. And I'm sure you've seen yourself too, is they have all these ideas, you know, all these Stays things there. you want to do. Exactly. And it doesn't, it doesn't make it to the solar plexus no. chakra, which is all part of this pitta, the fire dosha. So they're like, I'm going to end world hunger and I'm going to create global peace. And it's like, I'm going to meditate on it. And that's it. I hope someone else oh, figures gosh. it out. <laughs> oh, preach. That, that's, that's, that's why I wrote light work has got to work because yes. of exactly that. I've seen so many people just say, oh, I'm just raising my vibration and changing the world. I'm like, no, you aren't. You're changing the vibration of your room. <laughs> Let's yes. just take that idea and just work it into the world. I love how and it, you, you and bring it, feels it into so the physical. System. Yeah. I think a lot of people who are spiritual, they're so used to being super like airy and like mystical and in the realms of all possibilities that the doing the solar plexus feels so physical, but yes. that's when it can actually turn into something that can be experienced by others. And then from that solar plexus, if you stay in there for too long, you'll get burnt out. Mm. And that's when you get the adrenal fatigue. That's when you feel uninspired. So you bring it into the sacral chakra, which is finding the joy of it again, the passion, seeing who am I now? Because you change so much fundamentally as a person, taking an idea into action, like in the process of writing a book or bringing your business out, you change. So the sacral chakra allows you to see who am I now? And how can I shift this to be more in alignment with where I'm at in my life right now? And then the root chakra is when it births into an idea greater than you. And that's when it takes its own legs. It has other people whose dharmas are interconnected with it. And then you can choose to bring it through the cycle again of creating another idea and bringing it to vision to up-level this dharma, or it may bring you to something else. And that's all you needed. You were just here to be a doula and usher it to reality and your dharma is bringing you elsewhere. 
Oh my goodness, Sahara, I love my good process and I love how specific and liberating and just at the same time simple all your processes are. And I'm so excited for people to read Discover Your Dharma. I'm just scrolling through the book right now. It's got so many practical processes as well to practice within the book. So much information there and I'm so excited for people to enjoy it. Thank you so much for sharing all this content with us. Can you please share where can people get in touch with you and where can people get the book? Absolutely. Well, I love a good process too. So I feel you, brother. So you can order the book and receive epic bonuses at IamSaharRose.com slash Dharma. I also have a Dharma archetype quiz that you can take that will help you see what your Dharma archetypes are. So you can find that over at DharmaArchetypeQuiz.com. And my Instagram is IamSaharRose. Thank you so much for being on the Lead Up Light Worker podcast. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes for everybody to access. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 